And as he came out to the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when all these things will be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished. And Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginnings of the birth pains. O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me and bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. Lord, we love you. Let your word resound powerfully in our hearts and minds today. In Jesus' name, amen. Accordingly, I will preach a very short sermon. You might call this a homily, just for a couple of minutes, because we're borrowing time from sermon to make instructions. Just so you know, you're not going to get shortchanged or long-changed tonight. The harmony of Scripture is incredibly important. You hear two different writers, two different speakers talking about cataclysmic events. I stood in Jerusalem at the Western Wall, what you might call the Wailing Wall. I saw the giant stones, the same ones that his disciples asked about. I was overcome with the power and the majesty of this place. So I can see why the disciples would have gawked at them and invited Jesus to do the same. But Jesus gives us a cue of what's going to happen to the temple. That because of his self-sacrifice, because of his bloodshed, because of the offering of himself, a ransom given at the proper time, St. Paul says. There would no longer be a need for a temple, for sacrifices to be continually offered because he would offer himself once for all. Not only for the cleansing of our consciences, but for the redemption of our very lives. And as I stood and was invited to touch touch the Western Wall and say a prayer. And it was, it was an amazing experience. I remembered and realized, well, okay. <laughs> I want to do that. But Jesus has undone the need for this. And we find in the next verse in Mark 13, and as he sat down on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. Jesus now takes a a seated position, a position of authority in opposition to the temple. And he tells Peter and James and John that destruction is coming and that many will come in his name. And he's speaking of the destruction of the temple. He's reiterating what he had said before, that not one stone will be left on another. And sure enough, by the year 70 A.D., 
the temple would be destroyed. In fact, Josephus said that Caesar wanted everything to be flat, not even the wall, not a building, not anything, so that anybody that visited Jerusalem after it had been destroyed would not know a city ever dwelt there. And we may be tempted at the end of this Christian year, we may be tempted in a life full of disasters, a life full of heartbreaking events, full of violence against people, incredible public arguments, just mind-boggling events. We may forget that there is a purpose, that there is an end coming. And we hear an echo of that, a prophecy of that in Daniel, that the end will come. And the end wasn't when the temple was destroyed, but that was yet the beginning of the birth pangs. But at that time, God's people shall be delivered, Daniel writes. And everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. There is a judgment coming. There will be a resurrection when Christ comes again. We're about to focus on that like a laser beam in the first Sunday of Advent. The choice is before us and has been before us, but we're invited to not lose heart, to not be deceived, but to follow Jesus steadfastly, faithfully, with hope, because for you will not abandon me to the grave, the psalmist says, nor yet let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that there is a judgment and that you are the judge. Lord Jesus, you are the judge, but we we trust you that you are good. We can trust your judgment. You have proved yourself trustworthy and faithful. We beg of you, help us not be deceived by teachers coming in the name of Jesus. By teachers saying, I am he. But let us trust only you. And Lord, as things around us crumble and fall, we will not be deterred. For you have shown us the path of life. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.